Awesome, awesome. Did y'all enjoy that this morning? Yeah. Awesome. I did too. I, Shannon said it was a little bit different, but I really liked it. And so um, I thought it was cool and it was a little bit different than, um, than usual. Listen, today we're hitting part three of Honor's Reward, and it's going to be different than any message, honestly, I've ever preached here. But I just want to kind of give you a review up till this point. So we discussed week one, what is honor? What really is it? And we use the $100 bill, if y'all were here, as kind of a picture of what it's like. And it has value, obviously, of $100. We crumbled it up and threw it on the ground, made it dirty, picked it back up. It was still worth that $100, right? Yep. Very good. Some of y'all thought it was still worth the $100, right? And then last week, we talked about why. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and watch it, watch it because I'm telling you, um, if you miss that part, you can miss honor altogether. Because a lot of times I think we believe that it's what we actually do. It's why we do what we do. It's why we say what we say. It's why we go where we go. You can do the right thing with the wrong motives and absolutely not be honoring. You can be manipulating and do a really good job of it. And it can look like honor. But it's not honor unless it's pulled from the heart of God. Unless it's an overflow of what God does in us first. And that's what matters. And so today it ties in perfectly because I wrote this message quite a while ago and I thought July 5th, the day after the fireworks are going off, um, how should we honor our government? Like, what does that actually look like? Because man, it is funny to watch people. It's funny to listen to people. On one hand, you have Democrats who absolutely love President Obama and you have people that love uh, the democratic nation that we are currently. And then you have people that absolutely hate his guts and hate everything that's happening. And it's just, a, it's a rift. And the rift is interesting to me because it's inside the church, not outside the church. So, and this isn't, listen, this isn't a message to try to get you to be a Democrat or try to get you to be a Republican. If you ever need that from me, this is, you're going to bark up the wrong tree with this cat. I'm never going to tell you what to be. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says and let you decide what you want to be. But in this case, what happens when there's something that we disagree with. Because here's the deal. Most likely, with the flag issue that's happened and the homosexual, should they be able to get married and should they not? You probably fall on one side or the other with a bunch of people in this room. And, and we say, well, this is progress, right? And so it's obviously right. If that's your reason that it's right, phew, <laughs> Some things with progress are unbelievably fantastic. So can I just give you some examples? I'm really thankful that I have a computer. <laughs> I have never wanted to type on a typewriter. Click, 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 sking, right? And then you fix it and you go back and fix it. Some of y'all have never even seen it. When we were little kids, we had a typewriter. And when you mess up, like you think bad words, even if you don't say them, because you got to get the white out out. <laughs> y'all remember? Front row, don't say you remember. All right. <laughs> Because y'all don't. Some of the rest of y'all. <laughs> right? That's a good advancement. Some of y'all might think, no, it's not. Well, go back to the typewriter. That's fine. We're going to use the MacBook. Come on. Somebody say amen. Like, that's a good improvement. And there's other really good improvements. And let me just tell you, I don't care what you think, what flag should come down or up. I, I, I could care less, and this is not about that. But I do think it's really awesome that I've never grown up in a nation where people of color can eat with people that are white I've never grown up where that's not the case. I've never grown up where I have to see a bathroom sign. And no matter where you stood in the 60s or the 50s or the 40s, if you were around then, that doesn't matter. 
That is an, a positive improvement. But listen to me, not every improvement is positive, And here's why. We, by nature, are carnal. What that means is sinful people. And to expect us to automatically get everything right as sinful people that are led by each other. We, we, we choose who to elect, and then as a result, they make the laws. And to think that we're going to get everything right is, is funny. We're not. It's never going to all get better until Jesus comes back. And when he does, when he does, it's going to be real good. I'm just telling y'all. We want everybody to go to heaven because that heaven is a lot better than hell. All right? And it's going to be better then. Until then, you're never going to agree with everything if you need to. This isn't going to work. There's not going to be a place on the planet that is. And can I just say this? This is a side note. If y'all want to laugh, you can. I saw a person put, gay marriage is legal now. I'm moving to Canada. It's been legal in Canada for 10 years. What are you trying, you know what I'm talking about? Like, what did that do? Good job, you proved the point. Now you're a Canuck and we don't know what to do with you. I see you, Don, me and you, brother. But we're so ready to prove a point. And we could care less what God says to do. And, And this is, this is honor, by the way. In the whole debate thing, if y'all are on social media, does anyone else just want to start crying? Like, is, am I the only one? This is what I wonder. How much is the enemy? Is Satan just sitting back going, yes, like Smithers on The Simpsons, yes, yes. Because none of us are focused on what we should be. Let me tell you what that is. Millions of people are dying without Jesus. And we're worried about a freaking flag on both colors. We're worried about the rainbow was lit up at the White House. We're worried about all these things. And people are dying without Jesus. What do we do? So what should our reaction be? Here's a review. This is what honor actually means. It's to to hold someone with weight or worth or value or esteem to actually honor. That's what that means in Timae in the Greek and in Kavad in the Hebrew. And so no matter where you stand, this is the starting point that you have to say. If a person is homosexual, if a person wants to have a rebel flag, Should we look at them and say, well, they're not valuable anymore? Y'all know the answer. You're allowed to say it out loud. Should we look at those people and say they're not valuable? They're not God's children that he loves deeply? No. But the church, can we just call a spade a spade this morning? The church has definitely said that about some. For centuries, we've gotten some of it wrong. Can I just be honest with you? I may be getting this wrong today. I believe strongly I'm not. (laughs) Because I believe I'm giving you what the Bible says and not giving you my opinion. But I'm going to tell you that I cannot possibly get all of the scripture right because I can't possibly translate everything from the original language perfectly. But I believe strongly that this is right. And so I just say I love America so much, man. If you don't, you're welcome to move. (laughs) But I love America. I love South Carolina. I'm so glad that we live in the best of the 50 and they can have the other ones. And I love visiting them. But I like being right here. I love this place. And we do stuff wrong. But we're called to honor civil authorities. We're called to. And it's not my calling. If this was my opinion, Y'all would be welcome to just say this dude has lost his marbles. But here's what this dude named Paul said. By the way, Paul lived in a society that was not as easy as America to honor the president, or in their case, the Roman governor who was over all of Rome, the Caesar, who was a tyrant at the end of his life, who killed literally millions of people 
And a lot of them were Christians. Nero. And here's Paul's reaction to the city of Rome and the church that was there. Listen, guys, you're new Christians in this town. Here's what you should do with those people in authority. This is what Paul said in Romans 13, starting in verse 1. He says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Hang on, Paul. Now, whoa, pump it down a little bit, bro. Like, have you seen Nero? Right? Have you seen this guy? He's killing folks. He's like, nah, let every person be subject. For there is no authority. I'm going to ask you to, when you see the gold, I'm going to ask you to talk with me. There is no authority except from? Hang on, bro. So you're saying that God placed this tyrant, Nero, in authority? I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is, I'm reading it, right? Word for word. That's what Paul's saying here. God is not sitting up on the throne in heaven going, oh my gosh, I I turned my back on Rome just for a minute. Or in our case, on Washington, D.C. And nine judges lost their minds to some of you. Nine judges finally got it right to some of you. Thank God he was not thinking about this. No, God knows. God's not surprised. And he says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. And those that exist have been instituted by? Huh. Well, I'll be darned. He's not surprised. And then the next few verses go on to tell us examples of how and what we should do and how we should honor them. And then skip down to verse 7, and this is what it says. Pay all, pay to all what is owed. We all are in debt. Listen to me. There's not a person that is listening right now that is not indebted to those people. Whether it's police, whether it's the military, whether it's a mayor or a governor, or a senator, or a congressman, or the president, or whoever falls under those governing authorities, says, pay what is owed. So for instance, Paul says in another place, Jesus said, by the way, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Pay your taxes. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Like, we'll amen when we hear a message that fits what we want to say, but as soon as you hear that, there's some people that haven't paid taxes in 10 years, and you're like, I don't like this message, Pastor. Don't be meddling in my business, Right? Well, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying Paul did say it, right? Revenue to whom revenue is owed, don't owe people money. I'm not talking about do you owe on a house. I'm talking about if you borrowed $100 from Sam, pay Sam back, right? And that's not even Uncle Sam because that's the one above it. Come on. But like, that was free. Some of y'all got it. Some of you will later, right? Respect to whom respect is owed and honor to to whom honor is owed. So who is honor owed to? Some of y'all are not going to like this. I'm going to let you be wrong if you don't want to disagree, right? Every person in governing authority is to be honored. Can I just tell you, it, it does two things to my spirit. And I, you've never heard me say anything, especially on social media, arguing with people. But I just want to cry when I see people who love Jesus, and I genuinely believe love Jesus, either Republican or Democrat. This, has, this is equal opportunity, by the way, that just shred our president or shred our governor who that's a Democrat and Republican, so that's why it's equal opportunity. Because we really don't believe what we're saying here. We believe it when it fits our like, lifestyle and the way we want to be, or when it doesn't go against what we personally believe. But, but when this thing goes out, man, Paul, you probably got this part wrong. Listen, if Paul got this wrong, he got it wrong in a really weird way because it's a lot better to be an American than it was a Roman citizen back then. And he's speaking directly to Rome. And he's saying, listen, here's the starting point. You honor 
the civil authorities. You don't go against them unless it goes against what God's word says. And then you do it in an honoring way. So here, I just want to give you this. Y'all stay with me. I promise this is only two minutes-ish. But like, <laughs> thank you for laughing-ish. But like, I need y'all to get this. And some of y'all, you're going to be right with me. But I think some of y'all are not going to be right with me. But I need y'all to get this because it's very important for today's message. All right? What we want is for everyone to agree with us. And if I'm the only one that feels this way, I'm the only jerk in the room. So, but I need you to agree with me. Like, I'm not talking about right now in this message. I'm talking about in life in general. When I'm having a conversation with you, I like you if you agree with me. Do y'all understand how that is? Yes. Praise the Lord. So, so here's the deal. I've heard arguments on every side on this, and I've had long conversations about same-sex marriage. And how should we react? But I need you to understand the starting point for the government is this. I love everyone that says this. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just going to try to educate the world. And y'all are my world right now. We are not a Christian nation. Okay? Oh my gosh, I can't believe the pastor said America's not a Christian nation. No, let me just give you why. We are a nation with Christians in it. Praise God that that's the case. Praise God that the First Amendment exists where I can have freedom of religion and freedom of speech and we have that right. That is so stinking awesome. But we are not and never have been. No matter what people want to argue, we never have been a Christian nation because here's why. A Christian nation would be like Israel was and is. They are, they are God's people. They are dictated and every decision they make has to be through the Torah for them. Now, I believe they're far from God because they don't know Jesus today. But throughout history, God punished them and took his hand off of them because they were a nation of God's people. We have never been that. Benjamin Franklin was a deist. He did not know God. Y'all don't even know what that is, but go look it up. He, did, he was not a Christian. Jefferson was not a Christian. George Washington, some people argue, was. Ah, like when you read, just maybe, right? And, and many people have used the doctrine of Christianity to their favor, like Reagan, who I think was a great president and all, but, but he wasn't a Christian. He used it when it benefited him, but he wasn't a Christian, to the best of my knowledge. We are a democratic, this is going to blow y'all's minds, republic, we're not a democracy. Democratic republic, meaning we're self-governed. We, the people of the United States of America, we will make the decisions. We will decide who's in office. And we get to do that. Why? Because that's how we set it up. And I think it's really good. But as soon as they do something we disagree with, because we elected people that don't agree with us, we lose our minds and say, God help us, we're losing everything. No. <laughs> we have a group of people that we've elected that then put judges in place that some of you disagree with. And that's called being a democratic republic because we're not theo, meaning God, cratic, the law. We are not governed by God. We are governed by self. And so this is what we want. Y'all stay with me. Autonomy or being an autonomous some of y'all are like, this dude has lost me a long time ago, right? An autonomous group of people are we self. We get to make our own choices and it's awesome. 
Theonomous is God has made all my choices for me. That is not how God created you. That is how we should end up being. But that is a follower of Jesus Christ. So I am trying to push my morals on someone that does not, has not received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it's silly to lose our minds and think, you should believe what I believe. And then there's one other group of people. And they're, and they're heteronymous and we don't want this. But it's kind of how we twist and become. It's like the Ayatollahs or the head guys in the Muslim world in the Arab countries. And one guy is going to make every decision for everybody. And if they would make all the right decisions, we'd probably be okay with a dictatorship. But it's not what we want. We don't want a tyrant. And that's how tyrants happen. But we become the tyrant. Listen to me. We become the tyrant when... Jordan is autonomous and I'm autonomous and she disagrees with me and then I'm heteronymous. You have to agree with me. Can I just tell you something? That was never the church's job. The church's job was to be salt and light, not be right about the government. We have heard so many people. We've had calls and emails. We need to march on Washington. No, we need to be salt and light in a dying world that is far from God. And we're beautifully distracted by the enemy where we have all kinds of things going on. And we got rainbow flags over here. And we got, we got orange and blue flags over here. And we got all these other flags. And I have seen no one raise the banner of Jesus Christ in the last few weeks. Amen. And that is why this world is dying. And that is why I believe Satan is happy. And so what do we do as a people? Like, what's our job? I believe Daniel, the book of Daniel is a beautiful description of how to respond. And I'm going to just tell you these quick for the sake of time. Here's what happened. Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, the government did something that they strongly disagreed with. And here's what I want you to know. We're to obey the laws unless it goes directly against God's law, against God's word. Daniel 3, Nebuchadnezzar is a Babylonian king. He built this great big huge statue, this image, almost 100 feet tall. And when the music played, everybody bowed down. And we're talking about tens of thousands of people. And three guys stand in the middle of that group. And they say, we will not bow to anybody but our God. But while they did it, they weren't doing it to, to, to make a big scene. By the way, no one has made you be gay. And no one has made you raise the rebel flag or take your rebel flag down. And so that's why I think it's kind of silly to make such a big deal about the government when it's not that, that is not the issue yet. If they make me as a pastor do something that I believe does not go with scripture, that's a different topic for a different day. But today, they're not making me do anything. I don't agree with everything that's happened, and I'm about to tell you about it. But that's not the issue today. The issue today is how do we respond? And I believe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego responded. They stood up and they said, no, we will not bow. But they were respectful, and they were honoring to their king when their king was about to kill them. Holy crud, I don't know if that's what I would do, right? I would want to be on the news, and I'm going to take but I need everybody to see what I'm doing. Praise God, right? They weren't doing that. They said, oh, king, we respect you. We honor you, but we only bow to God. And God will save us. But if he doesn't, I love that line. But if not, we will still follow God. And then Daniel, three chapters later in Daniel 6, there's a decree that is passed by Darius, who's the new king of Persia. And they took over and no one can pray. And Daniel prayed three times every day. In his window, he would kneel and pray. And he kept doing it even when the decree was made. And Darius got tricked into this. 
And Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. By the way, that sounds bad, right? Everybody's worried about the sharks right now at the beach. I'd rather go in the ocean right now with the sharks than a den full of lions. Come on, somebody, right? At least I can't see the sharks. I can see those lions. And God shut the mouth of the lions and saved Daniel. But Daniel didn't make a big scene and say, you will not, and make signs that say, God hates you because you disagree with me. He just did the right thing in the right way. And I think we have to do this, guys. I'm just telling you. As a house of worship, we have to look to Scripture. What does the Bible say? Does the Bible say that homosexuality is wrong? I've heard every argument you can imagine. No, it's Old Testament only, and the Old Testament is different. By the way, it is different. There's 613 mitzvahs, which are laws. And Paul said, listen, all of those don't apply to you. Can't have idols. Can't be sexually immoral. And he gives us a list, but if you, if you use Leviticus and say, well, see, you can't have tattoos. You've not read all of Leviticus because none of y'all ladies should have covered, cut your hair and you should be covered. And men, where's your beards, right? <laughs> I can't grow it, so this is awkward, right? So, but we got to read the Bible for what it says and how it says it in the context of today for who it's meant to be for. There is great value in understanding Leviticus and any of the laws because it shows us how they had to pay a sacrifice and how Jesus is the sacrifice. There is great, great truth in that. But listen, listen, don't miss it and don't use it to your advantage when you believe you should. But also on the same token, don't skip over what Paul said because Paul said it. Romans chapter 1, 1 Timothy 4, and then 1 Corinthians 6, where we're going to look at today. This is what Paul said, and I want y'all to really not miss this because this is huge. Or do you not know that the unrighteous, who are the unrighteous? Us. Who, are the, who are the unrighteous? Us. Some of y'all are looking at me like this. I'm not unrighteous, right? <laughs> For, that is actually true if you know Jesus. But let me just tell you something. All of you were, no matter how awesome you think you are, right? When you step into that bathroom, it still stinks. Come on, somebody. Like, that, that's the unrighteousness. We are all, this is what the Bible says, not Mark. All of you are filthy rags in the sight of God. And not, not your person. Your good deeds are filthy rags in the sight of God. And the Bible says there's no one righteous, not even one person, not even deed, not one person, except through Jesus. And he says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of God? So how can I inherit the kingdom of God? 2 Timothy chapter 5, John chapter 1 verse 12. To those who believe in Jesus and trust him as Savior, he gave the right to be the righteousness of God or the children of God. I am not righteous on my own. I am righteous because I was bought with a price. That word bought with a price, by the way, with a price, if you look it up in the Greek, it means teammate or honor. That weight or that value of the blood of Jesus, that sacrifice that I just talked about, that is why I'm the righteousness of God, not something I've done. So having said that, before I read this, I am not part of the unrighteous, but it's not something I've done or not done. It's everything that he did in me and in some of you. But listen, don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters or adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, and nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, which is like abusers, people that hit and also curse people in their lives, or swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And so he's given you a list right here, and it pretty much is all-encompassing. The gossips, 
fall in that category, the covetous people that so desire what everybody else has and is never satisfied with what God's given them. And I just want you to picture this for a second. On one hand, we have people that have given 57 page shares of why same marriage is bad. And on the other hand, we have people that have put rainbow flags up and said, we, the church, should tolerate everything. And I'm going to show you where the balance is. I just, y'all are allowed to talk right now. Josh, will you go back to nine? According to this, by the way, let me just tell you, this is a two-part Greek word. I'm not going to tell it to you because it's really long. But it literally translates men, in this case, who lay in the marriage bed and defile it. It's two parts, and it means men who lay in the marriage bed and defile it, but it is definitely in the part of speech that means men or women who lay in the marriage bed and defile it. So it's taking what God made holy and making it unholy is what that literally means. And so, side note before I say what I'm about to say, it's not my job to stand on a platform and give you opinions. It's my job to tell you what the Bible says. And right here, I'm telling you what the Bible says is homosexuality and adulterers and idolaters and the immoral and on and on and on will not inherit the kingdom of God. So according to this, according to Romans chapter 1, according to 1 Timothy 4, and according to several other passages that you then have to learn to study and get into the original language, but these are out in front of you. It's a sin. Plain and simple. But here's, here's where some of y'all might struggle. How do we respond? I just want to kind of go down a road with y'all real quick. See, go down a road with y'all just for a minute. I just want y'all to pretend just for a second for the group that believes that we should be tolerant. What would happen, and by the way, tolerant is the wrong word, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. That doesn't mean we don't love people or invite them in. I mean absolute tolerance. Like you should turn a blind eye to this. What if I stood up here and said, you know what, this week, we're going to really hammer down on this one. We're going to say these people are awful. But we're going to say, guys that have ad commit adultery, you're good. Right? You just get to do whatever you want to do. And we're going to have some drunken orgies. And I know some of y'all are laughing, but I just want you to consider what if I said that. Like slander, just hating people, it's all good. Y'all do what you want to do. People would be like, this dude is off his rocker. Like he has lost his mind. But as soon as you say that this is a sin, you lose people because it's not what they want to hear. And I'm going to tell you why I think that is. I think it's because we all have someone in our lives that's close to us that's homosexual. And it's hard because we love them. And the immediate response is, and this is a response I heard from one of my buddies this week who's one of the smartest people I know. Do you really believe that God, y'all stay with me, do you really believe that God would want someone who leans in this direction or was born this way, do you really think you, God would want them to suffer? And I just immediately had something come to my mind, and it was me. <laughs> I'm not this. I don't struggle with this area, but I struggle a lot with things on this board, on this TV. And I'm just going to tell you about it. And some of y'all will be uncomfortable and some of you won't. And I'm good either way. Can you be born with a tendency to be homosexual? I believe the answer is yes. 
I believe the answer is yes. Here's why. Every one of you and this guy has what's called a sin nature. Here's what that means. By nature, I lean toward doing certain things. I lean toward doing them. My nature is dying, sinful carcass that is rotting. There's no one righteous. So by nature... I have these things that I do that I don't want to do. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 21, what I do, I don't want to do, and what I want to do, I don't do, and I don't understand why I struggle like this. And what he's describing is who I am in my natural self. Homosexuality's never been that for me, but let me tell you what is addictiveness in my personality. I have a very addictive personality, and the lean is lust. By the grace of God, listen to me carefully, I have not acted upon this in quite a long time. And I never have as far as an adultery or an affair. But if I let myself go for 30 seconds and say, I got this, I'm good. I will go down in a spiral that I have no control over. And it is an endless mess that I will cause. There is no one that I know personally that struggles more than this guy right here with myself. And then here's the deal. We have this nature that is sinful and it's awful and it's all of us. And then... God saves. Some of you have been saved, and I have been saved. And when we get saved, we have choice. No longer am I what I was, but I still get to make choices to decide what I will be in Christ. I am the righteousness of God no matter what. I cannot be taken from him. But right after this, Paul says not everything is acceptable, but not everything is helpful. Everything is acceptable. Not everything's helpful. And that's not even dealing with this. That's dealing with every little thing in your life. There is nothing in this world that is, that is gray area. It is either right or wrong. And we so often say, well, this is all right. I'm just going to tiptoe through. No, it is not that. We make choices and we're bound to those choices. And the problem is what we say is, yeah, 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 but, 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 but this one we got to look past or this one we got to look past or, 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 or. Pastor, there's no way he really means gossip. And see, here's what I think the church has gone kind of crazy. It's really easy for me, the pastor, to say that this is a sin because I've never struggled in that area, and that's very public. And so I pick up big rocks, y'all, and I say, how dare they do that? And I never want you to know my computer history, and I never want you to know what's in my cabinets that I have to drink myself to sleep or I never want you to know how I speak to my wife, or I never want you to know how I treat other people, or I never want you to know that I'm really a bully, or I never want you to know whatever it is in your life. Because all of us fit in this category, every person. And it's either what you were before you met Jesus Christ and what you will fall into, or it is absolutely what describes you right now. Because you are either the righteousness of God or you are one of these on the list, and there is no one that is not. And so here's the deal. Here's the deal. What should our reaction be? And so y'all know the answer now. My reaction to you guys has never been, you are not allowed in this place, you defiler. Right? I mean, really? And I've never shared a Facebook message, them dang defilers and coveters and drunks. And isn't it funny, forgive me because it's probably not, isn't it sad that we'll look at a person that's a drunk and has been a drunk for 20 years and say, we'll bring you back, brother. You can be saved. Ma'am, you're okay. 
you were a drug addict, and we know it's out loud, but we're going to help you. But we see a homosexual, and we point down at them and say, how dare you? So listen, here's what I think the Bible says. I think the Bible says that it's a sin. And I think as a result of that, this church, I'm telling you, not I think, will only marry a man and a woman because I think that is the picture of how God made it. And in November, I'm going to give you a more full definition of why. But our reaction must not be in hate. It must not be in hate. Because here's our, here's our choice. Here's our choice. I'm going to try not to blind anybody. The Bible is described three different places clearly. James chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 at the end of this in 1 Corinthians 13 and then 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as a mirror. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 as a mirror. And when I look into the mirror, I can see all the junk. <laughs> it's not fun, by the way. But I can see it. Can y'all see me? I can see all that I am. I can see y'all. It's like a selfie mirror. I can see everything that I am. And here's what I think the church has done. The church has taken this mirror and we've said, look, and that's good because you can't know that you're dirty if no one ever tells you that you're dirty. And so for everybody that's saying that people are wrong for standing on the truth, I'm respectfully disagreeing with that. But here's where I think the breaking point is. When Leah tells me that I'm dirty, when I come in and I got mud on my face, you know, and I look in the mirror and I see the dirt. I'm like, good gosh, Mosey, I've already taken a shower. How's that still there, right? And then I get a rag out and I watch it. And I'm like, how did I get that dirty? And how did dirt get in those places, right? Have you ever tried to wash your face with a mirror? You're like, I got mud right there. I need to wash it. I feel like that's what the church has done. I feel like we've taken the truth and we've rubbed their face in it. And we've missed the whole point of what it's supposed to be. We've missed grace. And then some of us, listen, some of us on the other hand, say grace, grace. Don't ever show them the truth. Turn this mirror around. They don't need to know God will save them. Can I just tell you if Leah doesn't tell me I'm dirty sometimes, that my face is filthy and I got caked mud all over the place, I'd never know it. It's not what you do, it's why you do what you do. And then it's how you do what you do. And so I'm just telling you, when we pick it on the side of the road, what we're actually doing is saying, wash your face, wash your face, you're nasty. And when we don't say anything, we're saying, osmosis, they're probably gonna figure it out. And neither one are right. Because the law of God and the beauty of grace cannot be separated cannot be and we tend to lean toward what we need the most to other people we tend to give people what we know we need and so for some of us we feel hopeless and we need grace and we tend to give too much grace and you can never give too much grace but you can do it and just expect something to change and then we give so much law because well, they don't believe like I believe and God helped them and the truth is, some things we have to stand on. And I will stand on the fact that God made us to be married, man and woman. And throughout Scripture, it's a harmonious over and over 
story of how that is the case, but I will never do it with rocks in my hand, and I hope that you won't either. And so here's the thing. I had someone ask me this week, would you let a gay couple eat at your home? And I said, we have, (laughs) and we will again very soon. And the best question to go along with that question is, would I have you at my house? Because I've had a lot of you at my house and you're on that list. And it comes down to this. All of us have a choice to make. Well, I run and say, this is too hard, man. I can't believe you would preach that. I can't believe you would say that. Or will we embrace the truth and go out and tell the world salt and light, not just salt, not just light, but salt and light together is what Jesus said is how we're to respond. Will we be that or will we be one or the other because it's an easier go-to for me? And then this is, what will you be? Will you sit where you are and say, God, help all of them and show them the mirror? Or will you turn the mirror on the ground and never use it at all? Because here's how the mirror should start. The greatest sinner that I know is me. It's not a homosexual. It's not an adulterer. It's me. Because I realize, man, I realize that every day I sin because of my nature and I sin because of my choices. And yet God loved me so much that he paid the price. And every day, man, I fight against that. Every day I look in the mirror a whole lot more at me than I do any of y'all. And I say, God, help me. Why would you love me? That's the greatest mystery on this planet, that God loves me. We can never reach people that we hate, and you can never love people until you realize the depths of your sin and the huge depths that cannot be described of the grace of the Lord Jesus. And you have a choice to make. Will I look internal before I look external and allow the Lord Jesus to change me and make me new every day? Because what he wants to do is what 2 Corinthians 3 says and take you from glory to glory to glory. And that glory cannot happen, not even the first one, until I've trusted Christ and until I let him make me new every morning. But listen, this is what I want you to know about choice. God gives you the beautiful privilege and the gift of choice, but you don't get to decide the outcome of the choice All of us will leave here and make a decision. I'm going to choose to hate. I'm going to choose to love, but love them enough to honor them. This is what honor is. I'm going to tell you the truth in love. Homosexuals are no more lost than we are, but we cannot stand for what is wrong. And so we will love them enough to tell them, but not love them enough to throw rock or hate them enough to throw rocks. That's terrible. Why did we ever think picketing was going to change the world? What will change the world is the love of the gospel and the beauty of the truth that is in that gospel. We get to make the choice to decide what we will do, but the consequences are always, this is not a truth that's just biblical. This is the truth in life. The the consequences are always tied to the choice that we make and I can do nothing. Listen, I can do nothing about the consequences of the choice that I make. And so if you want to leave here and get mad, and some of you will, I'm okay with that because I believe this is directly what the Bible says. And if you want to get mad at the Bible, that's your decision. And there will be places that do not preach this on either side. But guys, our problem is not a Republican or a Democrat problem. Our problem is a lost 
problem. And this world is far from God. And we will not change the world by picketing Washington. We will change the world by sharing our faith at the mall and by helping the ladies that need help and by helping the widows and orphans and by loving people enough when we know them, when we have a relationship with them to say, here's why it's the truth, but I was just like you. I may have never struggled with that sin, but I promise I struggle with this one and God set me free. John chapter eight says, if you know the truth, if you know the truth and know it in your heart, the truth will set you free. And if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Some of you need to make the choice to let the sun set you free because I can't. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If that's what you want to be, then you stay here. You lock in and you start being Jesus to people in your life. But if not, you will find a place that wants you to do nothing. And just go through the motions. Will you bow with me? Guys, I just really believe that there's some people in here that are struggling in this area or other areas. And the question is, how will you respond? Will you respond by saying, that's too hard, man. God didn't make me this way, man. God did. God didn't want you to have struggles, but the truth is we sinned with Adam and we've been sinning since then and for the rest of your life you're going to struggle just like I'm going to struggle but Jesus took on all of that so that you could be set free and if you want freedom from any addiction from any hurt from any abuse from anything or from anything you struggle with there's only one true way to be set free and that's through the Lord Jesus and if you need that in your life right now I'm not going to get emotional I'm not going to get loud I'm just going to ask you to be honest enough to right now say pastor I am lost because I have so many things in my life and I've never truly given everything in my heart and life to Jesus Christ and I want to be saved this moment if that's you and I believe it's many in this room right now will you be bold enough to say that's me and just throw your hand up as high as you can say pray for me pastor I need so much help pray for me thank you who else throw your hand up who else who else I see three people who else will throw their hand up and say that's me listen in a message like this that's not really fun to preach. I want you to know that we love you enough to tell you, but we don't love you so little that we'll let you stay there. We will pick you up and we will help you. And we will love you. Can everybody look this way? Here's the last thing that I want you to know. So many of us judge because we don't struggle in those ways. If the gospel is supposed to change every nook and cranny of what you are, I've never been saved. Because it wasn't until I was 34 and a half years old that I realized the depths of my pride. And God had to make me not eat for 40 days and look all skinny and everybody was telling me I need to eat a biscuit and make fun of me, you know? Because I realized how deep, dark, this word is an iniquity. It is a deep-rooted sin in my life was, and I had masked it because I can hide it except for my loud, eccentric nature. I could hide it. Do not judge other sins to the level that you won't look internal. Let the mirror be what reveals you. God will not take you to the next level unless you make the choice to let him show you what it is. But do not judge others so harshly that you say there's no way because if you've never done that to you. And here's the deal. I know I'm saved, and it's not because of my actions, but it's because of the one who has saved me. And I am not an addict, 
and I'm not this, and you are not a drunk, you are the righteousness of God, and so am I. And whenever someone tells you what you are or tells you what you're not, you simply smile at them and say, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm clothed in his righteousness and glory. And guys, I'm just telling you, I believe we're going to flip the world upside down, but it's not by picketing Washington. It's by reaching people far from God with the gospel. And by the way, when that happens, they get elected because some of them are going to be politicians and the government will change. But it's not going to change by going and telling them they're wrong because they think you're wrong. It's by flipping the world upside down and being countercultural, not having to be like the world, but being in them and loving them and hugging them, changing the world. Guys, I'm just asking you to stand with me and let's create an army that is kingdom minded and loves people enough to tell them the truth and hug them at the same time. Will you pray and stand with me, God? It is because of your mercy and your glory and your grace that we stand, not proud, not believing that we're awesome, but also knowing the truth. And the truth is, Lord, drunkenness and idolatry that I was living in with pride and gossip slander homosexuality and any of those lifestyles that that's all we are and how we're defined outside of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we can't inherit your kingdom but because of you you set us free and we're free indeed and as a result we're going to go out and Lord we're going to change the world and it's not because of what we do or not because of how awesome we are but because of how amazing Jesus is So God, empower us to change the world starting this afternoon and then Monday and then Tuesday in the precious and holy and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all sing with us.